Hey, what's up, everybody? So my guest on the show for today is nobody. It's just me. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the show. I think it's a good one. I hope you like it. And here we go. Yo, do you know what bothers me more than most things is people who are passive-aggressive or people or when somebody is passive-aggressive. Oh my gosh, it makes my skin crawl. So, <laughs> what's up everybody? Hello. <laughs> By the way, that's also how I start my classes, with saying that. Not the part where I was angry, but I, I literally go, What's up, everybody? Hello, how are you? That's how I start almost every single one of my classes. Unless the kids are being, like, little deviants to start. Because, uh, you know, like, that's what kids are. Like, it is. They're, I wouldn't say deviants. But they're uncivilized for sure. And that's the point of growing up. That's the point of being teachers because kids are ridiculous. Kids are absolutely ridiculous. And they're uncivilized. Sometimes they're worse than animals. Like like most domesticated dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah, most domesticated dogs are, are better trained than, than children. Then, and, and I'm not just saying like toddlers, I'm saying most domesticated dogs are better trained than people up until they're 18 years old. And... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so kids are insane. So when they're, <laughs> when they're, you know, acting like animals at the start of class, I don't act like, I don't say that. I, I'd be like, yo, go sit down. And I don't say yo, but I'm like, hey, go sit down. And then they, and then they go sit down and it's all better. And then I'm like, what's up everybody? But the thing that gets me most frustrated about teaching or teaching younger or not the actual teaching but being in the classroom is because I really like doing fun stuff like I like doing fun activities I oh I put a lot of effort into planning and I I make jokes a lot about the kids but I love them so much I do it's it's the best thing in the world Uh, I love working with kids they're wonderful I learn a lot about myself I learn a lot about how to manage stress and how to stay calm in crazy situations uh, and just be nice and learn how to like actually teach and not get upset for somebody for not knowing something, especially when I'm teaching a kid. Like they, like my whole other podcast, the mind of a child. Kids are stupid. Like they're stupid. They don't know anything. And I, I'm not saying that to be offensive. I'm saying it like there wouldn't be a perp. Like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't need schools if kids were new things. You know, like the purpose of going to school is to learn how to deal with life and learn some other stuff in the in the process. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, but I do, I I love, like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love kids. Like, I I would not be able to teach unless I loved being with them. Like, teaching is my favorite part of each, each and every day. And so I know I make a lot of, about a a lot of jokes about, uh, how ridiculous kids are, but I feel like I can do that because I know in my heart how much I love kids and that those things are just jokes, uh, that are a little bit true sometimes too. Uh, prick, what was I gonna say? Um, that, well, here's the thing. So literally, my front yard is a playground. So I live at the school. And, but my front yard is a playground. And so, all all day, like from sun up to sundown, there's children in my front yard. And some of you listening to this might be like, oh my gosh, that's such... A beautiful paradise. Just children running free. 
and getting to play, and you get to wake up to children's laughter and the sound of pure, unadulterated joy. And a playground for unsupervised children could not be more different from unadulterated joy. It's a war zone every day between these kids. It's not a war zone with the adults. Like when you leave these kids to their own devices, it is bloodshed. Undoubtedly, every day there is crying and devastation and anguish. And the cries that I hear are like the, the are the cries of a person whose people group was just genocided. And they are the last of their people. Those are the... I do not wake up every day to laughter. I wake up to anguish. I wake up to the world is burning. Everything is over. Life is meaningless. Those are the sounds that I wake up to. I'm not kidding. Every single morning. Because this, there's, I'm not kidding, like, when I say there's no adult supervision, it's not like I'm saying, oh, there's some aide there who's kind of negligent but steps in when needed. I mean, there's no adults in sight because the parents will come to this school and drop off their children. I kid you not, 5.30 in the morning, and then they leave because they have to go to work. And so literally, I kid you not, Parents will drive to this school and just, which is my house, and drop their children off in my front yard alone. School doesn't start till 8.30, and there will be children outside my door at 5.30. You have no idea what unsupervised children can get into in four hours. Four hours is a lifetime for these kids. They go through every step of life. During those four hours, when they're on the playground, oh my gosh. And when I say playground, I mean it's old tires, a couple soccer balls, some soccer nets, and dirt. Uh, and that's it. And like garbage. <laughs> like they'll play with like empty bottles. Uh, and when there's, when there's many of them there, when there's a legion of these children, it's you see every aspect of human existence at once. You see everything. Any personality, any emotion, any dream or desire, you see it all in front of you. It's like it's like you're looking at the universe. You're looking at like the multiverse because you're seeing all children but different representations of these kids right in front of your eyes. It's incredible. And I'm not saying that as a good thing. Like, it's incredible just, like, in the same way you look at an atomic bomb. Like, an atomic bomb isn't a good thing, but it's incredible. And so you look at these groups of kids, you'll see one kid laughing. And then you'll see another kid on his knees, hands to the sky, tears streaking down his face like the sun is barreling toward the earth and he's praying to the gods to, to, to save him. You see that and then you see a kid inches from that kid just laughing, has no idea that this other kid is crying. And I'm talking, this is mostly boys, um, <laughs> like the girls, no matter what age a girl is, they're a little bit more controlled socially, uh, and like start to finish, like they get it a little bit more, uh, 
And so you'll see one kid laughing. Everything's great. The other kid crying because all of humanity is going to be wiped out. And then one kid will be vomiting. And then one kid will just be spazzing out, like spinning. I'm not kidding, like spinning in circles, bumping into trees. Others will be fighting each other. Other One of them will be actually doing something like kind of cool. They'll be like drawing pictures in the dirt. Some one, like their children are so dirty. It's insane. Like they'll just like from the, like 530 in the morning, they'll just start rolling in dirt. And you've got like another 20 hours to be awake. Like if you're already rolling in the dirt by 5.30 in the morning, you've got a long time. To, and if you're a child and you can't really control when you take a shower or not, you've got a really long day ahead of you. And that's just what they do. And so you see the kid, one kid having fun. You see one kid crying like the world is over. And I'm like actually mean sobbing like, this would be a sob that would be used in a like a a child like the the screams that I wake up to every morning. You could put those into like a movie about the Holocaust and some kid like being taken into a concentration camp, and the the scream would work. And I'm not saying that like <laughs> that might have been a bad joke, but like that's how. Oh, what's the word? I was being uh when you're like obvious. Fricked is a good word too. When you like. When you're uh, like obviously kidding about something that's really serious, uh, that's what I was doing. I'll go to the introduction. Well, in the introduction, when I record that, I'm gonna look up the word and I'm gonna tell you what the word is. Uh, and so you know, um, what I was being. Cause, but I don't know what I was being. And so then you see that kid, and then you see one kid spazzing out, uh, bumping into trees and other children. You see one kid drawing cool pictures, and one kid rolling in the mud. And those are all the boys. You see all that. And then you see the girls for the majority of the time in peace and calm. Just chilling. Hanging out. And now I'm not saying that because for any ulterior motives. I'm saying that because those are my observations about girls and boys. The boys, reckless maniacs. And the girls, relatively pretty peaceful. For, like, socially. Like, they they're, they do other things weird. Like, they get really jealous, I noticed. Like, at a young age, boys don't really get jealous, but, like, or maybe they do, but just not as much compared to the girls. Like, you see the girls get jealous and, like, get jealous, like, and they don't, even, they, they, they don't know how to deal with it. And, like, jealous where they don't even know what they're experiencing is jealousy. It's just, like, pure emotion. Uh, like, if one kid, like, one girl student gets, like, a sticker or something, or one girl student gets, like, a toy, or one girl student is playing with one of the teachers, like, if another girl student sees that, they, like, don't, like, they don't know how to control themselves, like, it's wild, and, like, they're, of course, they don't know how to control themselves because they're kids, but, like, and so the boys don't know how to control themselves, like, 95% of the time, but then the girls control themselves 95% of the time, but then that 5%, they lose it, and they just, like, primal instincts stink, uh, kick in, and they, like, have to go get that thing that they're jealous of, and you just see it, like, they almost, like, it's like you see, like, this gloss come over their eyes. It's wild, and so that's what I mean, like, when you see, like, everything, you see every human possibility in a playground. Uh, whew. So, passive-aggressiveness, I ran a 10K on Sunday. Yeah, I ran a 10K on Sunday. And, yeah, this past Sunday, it's Wednesday, so like four days ago. Uh, and it was on Sunday, and so I didn't go to church. And on Monday, somebody says to me, uh, she's, somebody says to me, she goes, she goes, oh, I didn't see you yesterday. And I knew, I knew she was talking about church. And, but I, I'm not going to play a guessing game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enter into your world of ambiguity. I'm not going to, I, cause I could be wrong with what you're talking about. I'm not going to subject myself to assuming things about what you're thinking. You want me to enter inside your brain just because of the tone of your voice? 
Like, it's insane passive aggressiveness. So she goes, she goes, I didn't see you yesterday. And I go, no, you didn't. And she goes, you couldn't. And then, like, just carry, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, oh, no, no, she goes, what time did you? And I, I said, no, you didn't. She was like, what were you doing? I was like, I ran a 10K in the morning. And she goes, oh, what time did you get in? Get back. I said 10 a.m. Church starts at 10.30. And then she goes, but so, oh, so you got in at 10. And you couldn't. And then literally, like, does a motion with her hands. Like a pushing motion. And she goes, you couldn't. And I go, couldn't what? And then, because, <laughs> like, I, I've... I have no, I can, I'm only, I'm listening to her words because that's how people communicate. We talk to each other. We don't, we can't read each other's minds. I'm not going to play that game. And, and so she goes, oh, you couldn't keep pushing into church? And I said, no, I was tired. (laughs) And then, like, my, and now I take it too far sometimes with my bluntness or abruptness. I don't know what the right word is for that. Uh, And so, yeah, maybe I was wrong a little bit. And my tone, uh, I'm sure it was a little nicer, and I'm trying to sound tough right now. Uh, But I'm sure my tone was a little bit nicer than that. But then, like, when I said it, she, like, didn't know what to say. Because I was just so matter-of-fact about it. Because I didn't, I don't care. Like, yeah, I miss church. I'm a grown adult. I can do what I want. Uh, and who are you to keep tabs on me? You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who are you to, like, make sure I go to church? And, uh, what's the word? Like, think that you have the position to determine when or when I should not be going to church, or better, when or when not is it appropriate to miss church. Like, I'm not you. I'm me. Worry, you worry about you. I'll worry about me. Uh, and so I can't stand it. I can't. I can't stand passive aggressiveness. I have almost zero tolerance for it. Uh, like, two of my uh, roommates, when I had apartments in college, uh, they were both really passive-aggressive. And I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. And, like, there's, I, I'm, I'm bad at doing dishes. I suck at doing dishes. Because uh, I, I hate, I, it's my thing. That's my thing that I hate. Like, that's my chore that I really hate. Like, I'll clean the bathroom. I don't mind doing laundry. Like, whatever it else. Take out the garbage. I'm on it. Dishes just, I can't stand doing dishes. I hate it. I, I can't stand doing dishes. Um, uh, and so it just, it takes me a long time. And I know I should be, I, especially when I was living with somebody, I should have done better at it. Uh, but the, the person who, people who I was living with, they never said anything to me about it. They would just make passive aggressive comments. Like the, I'd be in the kitchen. They'd walk through the kitchen, and they'd say, oh, these dishes are really piling up. And then I'd look at them, the dishes, and then I'd look at the person who said it, and I'd say, yep. And then they just don't know what to do. Like, just use your words. Say what you want. Like, I'm not going to try to guess what you, what you want me to know. Like, I can't read your mind. Please. Tell me, like, maybe you like the dishes. I don't know. Maybe you're just commenting on their beauty. Like, if we were at the Grand Canyon, and you were like, this canyon is really deep. And then I, like, I would just, I would say, yeah. Because that's a statement, and it doesn't require any response at all. The only thing really requires is acknowledgement that you said anything, which is 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, like, when you look at the Grand Canyon, you're like, that's a really deep canyon. Like, that's a good thing. You're like, wow, I'm amazed with how deep that canyon is. And then if you went into the kitchen and you were like, those dishes are piling up. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want anything to happen with the dishes, then it's your time to say things. Uh, say more things. Say more words with your mouth. And so that's, uh, I hate it. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I can't stand passive aggressiveness. And I don't understand why people like it. Like, it just is, it's, it's bad for everybody involved. Uh, so get better at it. Uh, and if, if you're ever talking to me, because uh, I love you so much, and I want you to talk to me, just don't be passive aggressive. If, 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 you, if you're my wife in the future, and I don't do the dishes, just be like, hey, John, do the dishes. And I'd be like, and I'd say, yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'll do the dishes. Because you asked me to, and I love you. And I know you don't like a dirty sink, so I'll go do the dishes. But if you're like, I'm talking to my wife. If anybody else, it doesn't matter. This is... <laughs> if you're my wife. Uh, if you're going to be my wife. Uh, don't be like, hey, John. Grass is getting really long. I'm going to be like, yep. It is. And then, because I, like I like mowing the lawn. And so I... If I was in that situation, I had a plan to mow the lawn. But guess what I'm going to do now? Not mow the lawn. <laughs> it's, that's, like, that's where I get petty in passive aggressiveness. Like If I'm going to do something and somebody makes a passive aggressive comment like suggesting for me to do it, I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to see like, I'm just going to see how long it goes. Uh, and and I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna see how long it goes till I want to see how long it goes. But if I don't want to see how long it goes anymore, I'm gonna hold on. Or I'm gonna do the dishes because dishes start to smell. Um. <laughs> uh. And so after the 10k that night, I went to go get a massage, Thai massage, and it reminded me. To tell the story, but the first time I got a Thai massage, I went with an intern who was working with the business side of the school, not the business side of the school. It's like a, a big company that has multiple different industries. And oh, see how disrespectful I am. Just burped. Sorry, guys. I love you guys so much, but this is the real deal. I'm like, there's a select group of you guys who listen to this. <laughs> And so I don't really have to impress you. Um, but I hope, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I, lo I, I love doing it. But I feel comfortable with you. I feel comfortable with you listeners. So, uh, my beloveds, I hope that I can burp around you. And it'd be okay. If you listen to this podcast, you have full clearance to burp in front of me. You have full clearance to burp in my face and say, and then the next words are, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you can burp in my face once and then say, I listen to your podcast. And then, <laughs> and then that's it. And then it'll just be a funny thing. Oh, brick, what was I going to say? All right, so I went to get a time massage with this guy. He was like an 18-year-old intern. And he goes, he said, let's go get a massage. I was like, that's kind of weird. Uh, I don't want to go get a massage. He's like, I barely know you. But I was like, screw it. New experience. And uh, then, like, he's a Korean dude, and his English isn't that good, and he was, like, younger, and so, and so I didn't really, like, I couldn't figure him out, cause, but he was really smart, and, like, his English was good in some ways, but, like, just intonation, he didn't really get, because then, like, as we're going there, driving, he looks at, across to the passenger seat, and he goes, we're getting a Thai massage, and I go, yep. And then he goes, he goes, and he like raises his eyebrows like up and down, and he goes, and then he's like nodding his head, and he goes, full body. And I was like, what? 
And I was like, in my head, I was like, what? But then out loud, I was like, okay. And then he just didn't say anything else. And I was like, is, is that what we're going to do? Because I am not down. In my head, that's what I'm saying this. But so I was just going to ride it out until I knew for sure it was a sex thing. But I didn't want to say anything before that because then that would be weird. So I didn't say anything. And then we get to the place and immediately on the door, like big on the door is a sign that says it was an X or is is the word sex with an X going through it. And so I was like, okay, he didn't mean that. He was just being weird. Um, And the Thai massages are phenomenal but the reason they have to put no sex on the door is because stereotypes are true there's lots of you can pay for lots of sex in this country uh it is illegal but it's rampant uh like you just gotta go look for it sometimes in some places it's just like out in the open but in other places you gotta go look for it uh like i only in bangkok did i Maybe here in Ubon, but I don't know for sure. Uh, only in Bangkok and the south. And so basically the populated areas, it's out in the open. Like You just walk down the streets and it's there's bars filled with people who will have sex with you for money. Um, and But here in the more rural area, it's not as open as that. I think there's this one place that I always drive past. Like The windows are black and there's always... Like, girls who work there, like, sitting out in the front. Maybe that's a place like that. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, but paying for sex? Rampant in this country. It's everywhere. And uh, and so that's the reason that they had to have put no sex on their doors. But uh, it might as well. (laughs) Like, Thai massages are so good that they might as well take that sign off because it's so amazing that like how good these massages are like people like wars have been fought over sex people have been killed over sex many people's lives most people's lives are fueled by sex this massage was so good that I think wars might be fought over it. People might die for these massages. They're so unreal. Like, these masseuses are so talented. They put American masseuses to shame. Like, if these people came to America and directly competed with Drew Patrick, <laughs> they would be out of business immediately because these people do things like you would never even think of. Like this tiny Thai woman was putting me in wrestling moves. My body was all contorted. Like her legs were wrapped around my legs and her my one of my legs is up at the sky. The other one's touching my butt. My back is twisted, and she's like shoving my face into the pillow. But it was just this full body, like release. It's unreal. Like how do they figure this stuff out? And there's this one point where her entire body is on mine. Like I'm laying on my stomach, and she's got her knees on my butt. Her hands like on my shoulders and then just like shaking and like she's not touching the ground at all but they're so good at distributing their weight that there was like no it was no not uncomfortable at all and like before going into this massage person who who, the guy who i went with i ran the 10k with him and uh he's like we're gonna get a two-hour massage i was like dude two hours like what no i was like i don't want to be here for two hours and then from the second it started, I was like, oh my gosh, I never want this to end. Uh, and 
it's insane with these people. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Like there's no oil or anything. Like they literally give you more clothes to put on, and then they just like push your body in different ways, and they just push, and then that's it. They just push your body in the, all these different ways, and it feels so good. But for men, they get close. Like, they get close. Like, when you're lying on your back and they're doing your legs, they get close. Like, unreal close. And sometimes I, they screw up. Um, cause, well, yeah, sometimes they get a little too close and for like 30 seconds, I don't really, I didn't know what to do, like how I was supposed to act. Like it felt so weird in the moment, like if I was going to respond in any way to it, but like for a good 30 seconds, her hand was straight on the head of my penis and like, I didn't know what to do. And it was like pinned, like. Like, she was putting pressure down. Like, it didn't hurt. But, and I got to I'm like, does she not feel this? Like, <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I was, like, trying to recoil. But and I didn't want to turn my whole body because my legs were twisted. And I would have, like, pulled my back or something. But, like, full on, like, hand pressing on the head of my penis for sure for like a good 30 seconds and I'm doing all these like trying to do recoil it back can't not work and her pressure was too too tight and uh so I didn't know what to do and so I just let it happen uh and it wasn't like uh like sexual at all because if I was just felt uncomfortable like there was another dude next to me and she was like this Thai lady and never we haven't said any words to each other and so it wasn't uh, sexual. It was just more. This is an interesting situation to be in, and I wanted to end as soon as possible. And then, then it did. Then it did end. And then I noticed the next time that she did the same thing, but on the opposite leg, she she stayed farther away. And so I was like, okay. So she felt ahead of my penis too, but she's a professional, and she was like, I can't. She's like, I'm in this move gotta finish it out and so i respected her for that and you know what else they do because <laughs> and i'm not sure if they do this for women too but i assume this is why they do it i could be so wrong but this is what came into my mind uh and so they give you the they give you pants to wear like really loose fitting pants and they give you a shirt to wear and when they come in they like double wrap a towel like they like they fold the towel so it's really thick on one part and they put it over your crotch and i think they do that like so guys can hide their boners i think that's what it's for like why else like i i under like putting a blanket on maybe to keep you cool but it wasn't a blanket it was a towel and it was targeted at your crotch and like don't like fold it over so it's thick on your crotch so maybe I'm an idiot, but I was like, oh, okay, this is in case I get a boner, and it's not uncomfortable for everybody. And uh, that's what I thought, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, speaking of boners, I want to tell a story about <laughs> about something I heard from a girl, something that a girl told me in a hostel. And uh, uh, so I'm I'm looking for my phone. I can't find my phone. Like, I already went to the downstairs of the hostel, so I'm, like, freaking out for a little bit. And I finally find my phone. And I go, oh, my gosh, yes. And then another girl in, in the room, she goes, oh, what happened? And I was like, I just found my phone. I, I lost it for, like, five minutes. And then she goes, oh, that's nothing. Try thinking you had it. <laughs> She goes, she goes, she goes, <laughs> I go, oh my gosh, thank goodness I just found my phone. I'm so relieved. And she goes, no, 
that's nothing. And I don't I haven't said any words to this person ever before in my life. She goes, No, that's nothing. Try thinking you were pregnant and you didn't have enough time to get an abortion before leaving for Thailand. And I was like, I was floored. I was like, uh I can't think of that. And she got and she just goes into this story. She was at work. She thought she was pregnant. She got the pregnancy tests from work that they provide for her, which I thought was really nice. And uh and then she does the test and it came up positive. She was pregnant. And then so she's she's relating me not finding my phone for five minutes to thinking she was pregnant. And, like, she's comparing the two. And I'm just like, okay, I see the connection. But unnecessary. (laughs) Uh, And then she goes, and she goes, she's, like, freaking out. And she goes to uh, one of, like, her coworkers. And... She's like, oh my gosh, I'm taking these pregnancy tests. They're coming up positive, blah, blah, blah. She shows it to him. And the lady, like all the ladies, she's like, How's you, how are you taking them? And he came back, she was taking the tests wrongly. Uh, so she thought she was pregnant. And then she took pregnancy tests wrongly. As in she was, there was human error involved with her taking the pregnancy test, therefore thinking she was pregnant. And she was leaving for Thailand like a few days later. And she was worried. She was like, this is pretty audacious of somebody to talk to a random stranger and just bring up abortion and just be like I was so worried that I didn't think I had enough time to get an abortion before coming on vacation how selfish I was so worried that I didn't have time to get in abortion before coming on vacation. And now I'm not like standing sitting on a, a high horse coming down on people for getting an abortion. If you got if you're getting an abortion, if you think abortion's fine whatever uh abortion exists people do it what i want somebody i got pregnant to get an abortion no i just be like hey we made this choice now we're going to take care of the kid cuz it's alive uh but if you get an abortion i'm sure it's a traumatic situation and uh but i'm not talking down to people who get abortion that's not what i'm Making that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that I'm talking about the time part. Like, how selfish could you be that that's what you're worried about? That you don't have enough time to do that before going on vacation? It's like, come on. Like, that's what you're worried about? Not, oh my gosh, this is a baby. What am I going to do? Am I going to get an abortion? I don't know what to do. Like, once you're pregnant, throw vacation out the window. Jeez, the wheat. Like, who, who cares about vacation when there's a baby inside of you? You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, uh, would I have somebody who I got pregnant have an abortion if she was just some random girl? No. I'd be like, yo, come chill in my local area for nine months, and then you can leave and go do whatever you want. And I'll have the baby. And that's it. Uh, and do I think that a man, the man, a man should have a say in it? Yeah, 100%. Like, like I couldn't imagine if a man and a woman, like a, well, the woman got pregnant, and the man was like, hey, I want to keep the baby. And then the girl was like, no, it's my body. I'm going to uh, abort the baby. Like, that's insane. Like, that's not right. Just how it's not right if a guy was like, uh, if the girl got pregnant and the guy was like, abort the baby, and the girl was like, no, I don't want to abort the baby, but then the guy was like, no, 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 abort it, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's insane for for somebody to do that. Like, 
that's where I think life should be chosen. Like if somebody involved in the in the like birthing process, the the guy or the girl, like if they want the baby to live, the baby should live. Like that's it. Like doesn't matter what the girl thinks at that point. If the guy's like, no, I want the baby, I want to take care of it. It should be illegal for that girl to get an abortion. That's when I think abortion should hands down be illegal. Uh, and like the person should get arrested. Like that woman should get arrested if the the person who got her pregnant was like, I want to keep this baby. And the woman's like, no, I'm going to abort it. That should be a crime. You should get arrested for that. Like, that's insanity. Like, if you could prove, if the guy could prove that he, like, officially said, like, if he got it, like, had was present with a lawyer or something, it was like, I'm going to keep this baby. And if he was deemed, like, an appropriate adult to do so, and he was deemed to be the father of the child, and the woman went and got an abortion, she should go to jail, for sure. Um... But I don't know about the other stuff because, you know, uh, I've never been in that situation. And so should it be wrong across the board? I don't know. Uh, I have strong stances on some things. That's the thing where I'm like, I don't know, because it's tricky. And I don't know about that. Um, I'd I'd like all the baby. I'd like there to be no abortion, but I've never been in a, a situation like that. And, like, there's some, uh, maybe there's some extreme cases. I don't know. I don't know if there should be some exceptions. I have no idea. Because I've never been in that situation. And I'm sure it's a very difficult situation to be in. And I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it than me just being, like, saying what it should be idealistically. Because I have no idea. Uh, but in that case, with if one of the people who got the girl pregnant, either the girl or the guy, if one of them is, like, I want this baby to live. Like a hundred percent, that baby should live. That's, I think that should be hard, fast law, no doubt. Uh, so that's that story. Uh, and I thought that was pretty insane. Uh, but then she turned out, to, uh, she wasn't pregnant, and she turned out to be pretty cool. Uh, like we went on an island tour together. Like we went on the same tour, uh, and like we were on the same tour together, and she was cool, pretty normal. Uh, <laughs> uh, but weird way to start a relationship with somebody. Talking about the abortion that you wanted to, <laughs> you were worried about not being able to get. Uh, there's, all right, here's a good time to, to bring up, uh, my favorite song of the week. It's called Ocean by John Butler, and it's all guitar and just a couple other instruments, but I don't know what they are. And uh, it's phenomenal. Like, it's one of those songs you put your headphones in, turn the lights off, close your eyes, and it's just the guitar. And the journey that you go on with this guy and his guitar is unreal. Like, it takes you places. And now when you listen to it, don't listen to the live version. I really didn't like the live version. Listen to the, like the studio recorded version on his EP Ocean. So it's Ocean EP John Butler. The song is named Ocean, and it's just his guitar, and it's phenomenal. It takes you places, and that's the thing. That's the reason I like music because it takes you places. And listen to this song actively. Just listen to this song. Don't listen to this song and do other things. Listen to the song. Listen. It's a verb. Do it baby uh and you know what else you should do you should hit the people up who mean stuff to you like you should hit the people up who mean a lot to you or have, who have been good to you in life that's something that i learned uh from being here so far is that people like it people like it when you say hi and it's just so easy just to be like hey how are you thinking of you and so think of those and it and people get super happy. And so I've been, I've been thinking a lot about the people who like, have been good to me in life and who have always been pleasant uh, and people who have positively affected me. And like, I don't hit them up to have a conversation. Don't hit them up to like, tell them about my life. Like, I, yeah, like that takes effort. But just a simple text or a call of, hey, man, been thinking of you. How are you? Like, that means the world to people. 
Like everybody loves that, no matter how independent or secure you feel like you are. Like I would be amazed. That's amazing for people to hear that. Like I love it when people do that to me. It, it makes me so happy. Uh, and so I was. I started thinking about that, and then I just started hitting up the people like I haven't talked to in years directly. I'm like, hey man, I've been thinking about you. How are you? And that's it. Uh, and so hit up the people that mean a lot to you, because like that's what we're here for, you know. This is where the, the people in your life are the only things you've got. So take literally two seconds. And it doesn't have to be like a long conversation. Hey man, thinking about you. Hope everything's going well. That's it. Nothing else. You don't even have to text them back <laughs> if they respond. Because <laughs> uh, it's important. Because there's so much uncertainty, uncertainty in life. But the only things that we know for sure is that we've got the people who are in our lives, and we've got them for now. And that's it. And everything might be gone in the end. So take advantage of what you've got now. Uh, do I think everything is going to be gone in the end? No, I don't think so. Like, I believe there's an afterlife. Uh, keyword, I believe. Because nobody really knows. Nobody knows. And, like, all I was taking a piss today, and just out of nowhere, I get blindsided with, like, to point, like, I had to tilt my head back, and my hand went on my forehead as I was peeing, just blindsided with, oh, my gosh, nobody really knows how we all got here, what the purpose of life is the universe is so big and it's expanding and we know so little about it we have no idea how we got here and i just got blindsided with that and i'm just like like that happens to me sometimes it'll just hit me out of nowhere and i'm just like oh my gosh Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. Do I believe that there's a heaven? Yes. Do I believe that I'm going there? Yeah. Uh, do I believe that I'm going there because I'm a good guy? No. I, I believe that I'm going there because I believe in Jesus. Uh, but key words there. Believe. Because guess what? Me and any other Christian to ever exist Except, except Jesus <laughs> uh, knew for real. Didn't like all of us. We really don't know because we weren't there. Like we weren't there when we started. Like we, like when everything started, it wasn't the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Steve. Like Steve wasn't there. None of us were there. Like we don't know, and that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not knocking religion, and I'm not knocking Christianity. But it's a clear uh, pillar of Christianity to believe. And like that's what faith is, because you don't actually know. And you're believing in something that you don't know to be true for real. Like You're believing in something that you can't hold. You're believing in something that you can't see. You're believing in something that nobody on earth can prove. And so, like... That's why what I'm saying right now, I don't think is a hot take. Like, I don't think what I'm saying is like counter fundamental Christianity. Like, I what I'm what I what I think I'm saying is fundamental Christianity that you have to believe and you actually don't know because you don't. And people who do say, like, yes, I know for sure this is how it happened, like. I don't like that bothers me because one you're completely overlooking a a pillar of the Christian faith it's called the faith it's called a faith for a reason because you're believing in it and so when anybody tells you about any religion or belief system and they're like this is it for sure like come on like it's not like you don't know and uh so do I know for sure that there's a heaven? Nope. 
don't want there to be? Yeah. Uh, do I think like that there is? Yeah, I do. Uh, but I don't know. And so the only thing we know for certain right now is the people that we've got now. And so the people who've, who were cool for who have been cool to you, hit them up. Tell them to say hey. Or just say hey. Uh, and that's it. Because love on, love on people. It's important. And people will get super happy if they see a text from you. Be like, oh, wow, somebody was thinking of me. And that's it. And they might not even respond. And if they don't respond for a few days, it was still nice for them to see it. Believe me. Even if they don't say anything back to you, even if they don't respond enthused, they were happy to see that text message. So go hit those people up. Because they're nice. They're important people. And, like, they're just as important as you are. Like, they have their own life. They have their own mind. They have their own will. They have their own emotions. They have their own insecurities. And they have their own love that needs to be fulfilled. So help them out. Show them some love. Because everybody's the same. Everybody's just like you. Everybody's just like me. We've all got our own little universes. But when we, when we put that down, things get a lot better. And when you, when you realize you're not the most important person in the room and you give your ego a, a boot, things get a lot better. Uh, and things get a lot more... Focused. Yeah. Easily comprehensible. I like that. Uh, I need to tell two more stories. I might even just tell one more story. I think I'm going to tell... We'll see how the first story goes. Uh, one, I won Uno again. I won Uno with my parents. I was on a dry spell. Not my parents. Uh, I won Uno with my neighbor and her kids. And, uh, ooh, about hitting people up... Am I, uh, could I still get better at hitting my mom up and telling her, hey, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm sorry, mom. My mom's a loyal listener to this, and I love that. Uh, so mom, I love you, and sorry I don't hit you up as much as I should. Uh, and, uh, uh, friggin', I won Uno, but then, uh, that's a one story. That's, like, a bonus story. But then here's the one story that I was going to tell. Uh, I was hanging out with Kalfang and Umsai, and like, we were just chilling. But then Kalfang and Umsai had to go meet their parents like in like a Wednesday night Bible study thing. And I was like, I'm not going to go to that because I never do because it's all in Thai. Uh, and there's no point for me to go. Also, like there was no point for me to go to church and sit in a pew and do nothing for an hour and a half. And just sit there. Like, literally the only reason I go every Sunday is for solidarity purposes. That's it. To show that I'm a part of the team. That's the only reason I go. Because I sit there and I understand nothing. I speak to nobody. And I just sit there. And it's good. I read while I'm there. And so it's productive. But I don't understand anything. I don't speak to anybody. And so, get off my case for not showing up. Uh... And then, uh, so Kalfang and Amsai had to go to a uh, friggin' Bible study. And so, but like, and I was walking them over there because it was dark. Uh, and I go to Kalfang, and I was like, Kalfang, don't tell your sister. And Kalfang, she's one of my students, and she's freaking getting it. Like, English. She is getting it. It's super cool. Like, she understands so much it's amazing the improvement that i've seen from her since i got here in august oh my gosh like it makes teaching worthwhile Kafan, like it's so incredible how she and i can communicate it's so dope uh and uh friggin so i go Kafan, don't tell your sister don't tell your parents i'm gonna go get everybody ice cream and she was like okay and I was like, I th- I'm pretty sure she understood me perfectly there. But then I'm like, I'm not sure. Uh, and she kept, like, I didn't know where the Bible study was. So she was, like, leading the pack. Uh, and then we had to walk upstairs. And then uh, this was the funniest thing in the world. Like, halfway up the stairs, I was like, I can't go inside. Because, like, I'm going on a secret mission to get everybody ice cream. Uh, and then, uh, like, I tapped. Kafang on the shoulders, like halfway up the stairs. I'm like, and all I say is, Kafang. And then she looks at me 
like she understood how important this mission was. And she looks at me dead in the face, and all she she's a third grader, and all she says is, "Teacher, go." <laughs> like it was like her final words to me as I was going off on like a suicide mission to go get this ice cream. Teacher, go. <laughs> she might as well have said, Godspeed. <laughs> and I started cracking up and I was like, okay. I was like, the ice cream will be in the freezer when you get home. And she was like, okay. And then, and that's the coolest thing in the world. That she understood like, everything. Like, teacher go isn't the best, but it was communicative and it worked. Uh, and so I freaking, ha. <laughs> That is the title to this podcast. Teacher, go. <laughs> it was incredible. And I went and I got some ice cream and it was in the freezer. And the next day, Kafan, guess what she did? She was like, hey, thanks for the ice cream. And I was like, you're welcome, homie. <laughs> no, I didn't say homie. Uh, but I'm not going to say, I'm going ne- to save the story for the next solo podcast. It'd be a good Good, good place to start, because I could talk for that about a long time. Uh, don't think those words made any sense. Sorry for talking about uh, some serious stuff, like the abortion and the whole uh, everything might be meaningless if we all die and it's for nothing thing. Uh, but it came into my head. And also, sorry if I was a little too inappropriate for talking about the head of my penis. Uh, oh, I forgot this story about the 10K. Uh... At the end of the 10K, when, uh, like, it was the last, like, I was running with this one Thai dude for the last, like, three kilometers, and uh, he, like, we didn't say anything to each other, but we both, like, we were keeping pace for each other for such a long period of time that, uh, like, we knew that we were running together, and it was nice, Uh, and so then, like, right as we could see the finish line, I look over to him. Like, we haven't said a word to each other. We haven't even looked at each other this whole time that we were running together. Uh, and so, but there was, like, a bond between us. And, because we were, we were, we were, we were pushing the pace uh, for the last three kilometers together. And so it was pretty cool. Uh, and then I look over to him, I tap him, and I, like, give him a nod. And then I just start, we both just start sprinting. And it was the coolest thing. Like, all I did was look over to him, tap him on the elbow, and give him a nod. And then we both just started bolting. And then we sprinted through the finish line together. And that was it. And I, like, gave him a thumbs up, tapped him again on the shoulder, uh, like, made some gesture of, uh, like, happiness towards him, I guess. Uh, and then we parted ways, and that was it. Uh, and that was a pretty, it was a pretty cool way to end the race. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and that's the thing that's cool about being able to connect with people without speaking their language, because there's a lot you can do. Uh, there's a lot you can do without language, but then the thing, like, but it's impossible to do the things that you need language for without it. Like, you can get by with some things, but you can't even get close with other things. Like you can connect in certain ways, you can communicate in certain ways without words, uh, but the things that you need words for, you can't even get close with without words. Um, and then there was this other time when I was running in the park, like prepping, training for the 10K, and uh, there was this one guy who looked like a runner, and for like three miles, he was running with me. And, like, just, like, running right behind me, keeping pace with me. And I was like, hmm, this guy looks like a runner. Like, maybe I'm doing really well. Like, maybe I'm I'm doing awesome. And I was, like, I was jacked up for, like, three miles. Like, just, like, keeping the, like, setting the pace. I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, and then, and so I was, like, getting cocky. I was pretty arrogant. Like, it was fueling me up a little bit. And I was like, this runner, like, he's keeping pace with me. And... But then, out of nowhere, like, we turn a corner, and he leaves me in the dust. Like, he 
smokes me. I, I kept up with him for a half mile. And then I was destroyed. I was destroyed after that. And I had a long way to go after running. Like, I had three more miles to run after trailing him for that half mile. And I was dead. I was destroyed trying to keep up with this guy. And then uh, he, fin- like, he like, gets a half a mile. It's like, kinda, it's like a half mile track that we were running on. He gets a half a mile ahead of me in like three quarters of a mile. Like he gets put so much distance in between he and I so quickly. And I was almost embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh. But I wasn't embarrassed, but it humbled me. Because uh, I was like, whoa. All right, there is levels to this. And then he's finished running, and I've still got a little bit more to go. And this was another cool moment of solidarity. He, uh, like, I see him finish, just kind of stretching out, but he's, like, kind of far away. So I yell out as I'm passing him. I go, yo! And then, uh, like, I just put my hand up, and then he puts his hand up, too, to show that we're all cool, and it was fun running together. Uh, so those are the cool things. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, my friends. That's it. It's over. I'm going to stop talking now. Next week's episode is cool. Uh, yeah, next week's episode is dope. I got this. I got Eric on. Remember the happy dude who I was describing from Pi? He's the guest. And uh, it's a great episode, so you're really going to love it. Much love, everybody. Goodbye. Oh.